The Great River Shakespeare Festival presents The Tragedy of Romeo and Juliet. Cast of characters, the House of Capulet, Lord Capulet, Lady Capulet, Juliet, their daughter, Tybalt, their nephew, Juliet's nurse, Samson, Gregory, and Peter, servants in the House of Capulet, the House of Montague, Lord Montague, Lady Montague, Romeo, their son, Benvolio, Romeo's friend and cousin, Abram and Balthazar, servants in the House of Montague, Aeschylus, the Prince of Verona, Mercutio, his kinsman and friend of Romeo, the Count Paris, also kinsman to the Prince, Friar John and Friar Lawrence, Franciscan friars. Act One, Scene One. Sunday morning on a public street in Verona. Enter Samson and Gregory, members of the House of Capulet. I strike quickly, being moved. Thou art not quickly moved to strike. A dog of the House of Montague moves me. Draw thy tool, here comes two of the House of Montagues. Enter Abram and Balthazar of the House of Montague. My naked weapon is out. Quarrel, I will back thee. No, Mary, I fear thee. Let us take the law of our sides. Let them begin. I will frown as I pass by, and let them take it as they list. Nay, as they bear, I will bite my thumb at them, which is disgrace to them if they bear it. Do you bite your thumb at us, sir? I do bite my thumb, sir. Do you bite your thumb at us, sir? All of our side, if I say I? No. No, sir, I do not bite my thumb at you, sir, but I bite my thumb, sir. Do you quarrel, sir? Quarrel, sir? No, sir. But if you do, sir, I am for you. I serve as good a man as you. No better? Well, sir. Enter Tybalt. Say better. Here comes one of my master's kinsmen. Yes, better, sir. You lie. Draw if you be men. Gregory, remember thy swashing blow. Enter Bimvolio. Part fools! Put up your swords, you know not what you do. What? Art thou drawn among these heartless hinds? Turn thee, Benvolio, look upon thy death. I do but keep the peace. Put up thy sword, or manage to part these men with me. What? Drawn and talk of peace, I hate the word as I hate hell. All Montagues and thee have at thee, coward. <laughs> Enter against Aeschylus, rebellious subjects, enemies to peace, profaners of this nail-stained steel. Will they not hear? What ho, you men, you beasts! On pain of torture from those bloody hands, throw your mistempered weapons to the ground and hear the sentence of your moved prince. Three civil brawls, bred of an airy word, by thee, old Capulet, and Montague have thrice disturbed the quiet of our streets. If ever you disturb our streets again, your lives shall pay the forfeit of the peace. For this time all the rest depart away. You, Capulet, shall go along with me. 
And Montague, come you this afternoon to know our further pleasure in this case. Once more, on pain of death, all men depart. Exit all but Benvolio. Montague. And Lady Montague. Who set this ancient quarrel new abroach? Speak, nephew, were you by when it began? Here were the servants of your adversary and yours, close fighting ere I did approach. I drew to part them. In the instant came the fiery Tybalt with his sword prepared, which, as he breathed defiance to my ears, while we were interchanging thrusts and blows, came more and more and fought on part and part till the prince came who parted either part. Oh, where is Romeo? Saw you him today? Right glad I am he was not at this fray. Madam... An hour before the worshipped sun peered forth the golden window of the east, a troubled mind drove me to walk abroad. So early walking did I see your son. Towards him I made, but he was ware of me, and stole into the covert of the wood. Many a morning hath he there been seen, with tears augmenting the fresh morning's dew. Black and portentous must this humor prove, unless good counsel may the cause remove. My noble uncle... Do you know the cause? I neither know it, nor can learn of him. (sighs) Enter Romeo. See where he comes. So please you step aside. I'll know his grievance, or be much denied. Exit Montague. And Lady Montague. Good morrow, cousin. Is the day so young? But new struck nine. Ay me. Sad hours seem long. Was that my father that went hence so fast? It was. What sadness lengthens Romeo's hours? Not having that which having makes them short. In love? Out. Of love? Out of her favor where I am in love. Alas, that love, so gentle in his view, should be so tyrannous and rough in proof. Alas, that love, whose view is muffled still, should without eye see pathways to his will. Where shall we dine? Duh, me. What fray was here? Yet tell me not, for I have heard it all. Here's much to do with hate, but more with love. Why then? Ugh, brawling love. Loving hate. Ugh, anything of nothing first create. Heavy lightness. Serious vanity, feather of lead, bright smoke, cold fire. Sick health, still waking sleep. That is not what it is. This love feel I that feel no love in this. Dost thou not laugh? No, cuz. I'd rather weep. Good heart at what? At thy good heart's oppression. Why, such is love's transgression. Love is a smoke made with the fume of sighs, being purged of fire, sparking in lovers' eyes, being vexed, a sea nourished with loving tears. What is it else? A madness most discreet, a choking gall, and a preserving sweet. Farewell, my cuz. Soft, I will go along. And if you leave me so, you do me wrong. Tut! I have lost myself. I am not here. This is not Romeo. He's some otherwhere. Tell me in sadness, who is that you love? In sadness? Cousin, I do love a woman. I aim so near when I supposed you love. A right good markman. And she's fair, I love. A right fair mark. 
warfare, cuz, as soon as hit. Well, in that hit, you miss. Shall not be hit with Cupid's arrow. Then strong proof of chastity, well-armed. From love's weak, childish bow, she lives uncharmed. Then she hath sworn that she will still live chaste? She hath. And in that sparing makes huge waste. She had forsworn to love, and in that vow do I live dead that live to tell it now. Be ruled by me. Forget to think of her. <laughs> Teach me how I shall forget to think. By giving liberty unto thine eyes. Examine other beauties. Tis the way to call hers exquisite and question more. He that is struck and blind cannot forget the precious treasure of his eyesight lost. Show me a mistress that is passing fair. What doth her beauty serve but as a note where I may read who passed that passing fair? Farewell. Thou canst not teach me to forget. I'll pay that doctrine or else die in debt. Act 1, Scene 2. Later that same Sunday in Verona. Enter Capulet. The Count Paris. But Montague is bound as well as I, in penalty alike, and tis not hard, I think, for men so old as we to keep the peace. Of honorable reckoning are you both, and pity tis you lived that odds so long. But now, my lord, what say you to my suit? But saying o'er what I have said before, my child is yet a stranger in the world. She hath not seen the change of fourteen years. Let two more summers wither in their pride, ere we may think her ripe to be a bride. Younger than she are happy mothers made. And too soon marred are those so early made. Earth hath swallowed all my hopes but she. She's the hopeful lady of my earth. But woo her, gentle Paris, get her heart. My will to her consent is but a part, and she agreed... Within her scope of choice lies my consent and fair according voice. This night I hold an old customed feast, whereto I have invited many a guest such as I love, and you, among the store, one more most welcome makes my number more. Come, go with me. Go, Peter, trudge about through fair Verona. Find those persons out whose names are written there, and to them say... My house and welcome on their pleasure stay. Exit Capulet. And the Count Paris. Find them out whose names are written here. It is written that the shoemaker should meddle with his yard and the tailor with his last. The fisher with his pencil and the painter with his nets. But I am sent to find those persons whose names are here writ, and can never find what names the writing person hath here writ. I must to the learned. Enter Bimvolio. And Romeo. In good time. Tut, man. One fire burns out another's burning. One pain is lessened by another's anguish. Turn giddy and be hoped by backward turning. One desperate grief cures with another's languish. Take thou some new infection to thy eye, and the rank poison of the old will die. Gagigadan! I pray, sir, can you read? I, mine own fortune in my misery, 
Perhaps you have learned it without book. But, I pray, can you read anything you see? Aye, if I know the letters and the language. Ye say honestly, rest you merry. Uh, Stay, fellow, I can read. Peter hands Romeo the letter. Uh, Signor Martino and his wife and daughters, County Anselm and his beauteous sisters, the lady widow of Vitruvio, (laughs) my fair niece Rosaline, and Livia, Signor Valentino, and his cousin Tybalt, Lucio and the lively Helena, a fair assembly. Whither should they come? Up. Whither? To supper? To our house. Whose house? My master's. Indeed, I should have asked thee that before. Now I'll tell you without asking. (laughs) My master is the great rich Capulet, and if you be not of the house of Montagues, I pray come and crush a cup of wine. Rest you merry. Hmm. Exit Peter. At this same ancient feast of Capulets, sups the fair Rosaline, who thou so loves, with all the admired beauties of Verona. Go thither, and with unattained eye, compare her face with some that I shall show, and I will make thee think thy swan a crow. One fairer than my love. The all-seeing sun ne'er saw her match since first the world begun. Tud! You saw her fair, none else being by, herself poised with herself in either eye. <laughs> but in that crystal scales, let them be weighed, your lady's love against some other maid that I will show you shining at the feast, and she shall scant show well that now seems best. I'll go along, no such sight to be shown, but to rejoice in splendor of mine own. Act 1, Scene 3. Later that same day, in a room in the Capulet's house. Enter Lady Capulet. And the nurse. Nurse, where is my daughter? Call her forth to me. Now by my maidenhead at twelve-year-old, I bade her come. What lamb? What ladybird? God forbid, where's this girl? What Juliet? Enter Juliet. How now, who calls? Your mother. Madam, I am here. What is your will? This is the matter. Nurse, give us leave a while. Uh, We must talk in secret. Nurse, come back again. I've remembered me, thou's hear our counsel. Thou know'st my daughter's of a pretty age. Faith, I can tell her age unto an hour. She's not fourteen. I'll lay fourteen of my teeth. She's not fourteen. How long is it now to lamb is tied? A fortnight and odd days. Even or odd. Of all the days of the year come Lammas Eve, at night shall she be fourteen. Susan and she, God rest all Christian souls, were of an age. Well, Susan is with God. She was too good for me. But, as I said, on Lammas Eve at night shall she be fourteen, that shall she marry. Oh, I remember it well. Just since the earthquake now eleven years, and she was weaned, I never shall forget it, of all the days of the year, upon that day. And since that time, it is eleven years. For she could then stand high lone, nay, by the root, she could have run and waddled all about. For even the day before, she broke her brow, and then my husband, God be with his soul, he was a merry man, took up the child. Yea, quoth he, dost thou fall upon thy face? Thou wilt fall backward when thou hast more wit, wilt thou not, Jewel? And 
By my holodam, the pretty wretch left crying and said, I. Enough of this, I pray thee. Hold thy peace. Yes, madam. <laughs> and yet I cannot choose but laugh to think that it should leave crying and say, I. And yet I warned it had upon it brow a bump as big as a young cockerel stone. Yea, quoth my husband, falls upon thy face. Thou wilt fall backward when thou comest to age, wilt thou not, Jewel? It stinted and said, I. And stint thou too, I pray thee, nurse, say I. Peace I have done. Oh, God, mark thee to his grace. Thou wast the prettiest babe that e'er I nursed. Oh, and I might live to see thee married once. I have my wish. Marry! That marry is the very theme I came to talk of. Tell me, daughter Juliet, how stands your disposition to be married? It is an honor that I dream not of. An honor? Were not I thy only nurse, I would say thou had sucked wisdom from thy teat. Well, think of marriage now. Younger than you, here in Verona, ladies of esteem are made already mothers. By my count, I was your mother much upon these years that you are now a maid. Thus then, in brief, the valiant Paris seeks you for his love. <gasps> a man. Young lady, such a man as all the world. Why... He's a man of wax. Verona's summer hath not such a flower. Nay, he's a flower. In faith, the very flower. What say you? Can you love the gentleman? This night you shall behold him at our feast. Read o'er the volume of young Paris' face and find delight writ there with beauty's pen. This precious book of love, this unbound lover to beautify him only lacks a cover. So shall you share all that he doth possess by having him making yourself no less. No less? Nay, bigger. Women grow by men. Speak briefly. Can you like a Paris love? I'll look to like, if looking liking move. But no more deep will I endart mine eye than your consent gives strength to make it fly. Enter Peter. Madam... The guests are come, supper served up, you called, my young lady asked for, the nurse cursed in the pantry, and everything in extremity. I must hence to wait. I beseech you, follow straight. We follow thee. Juliet, the county stays. Go, girl. Seek happy nights to happy days. Next time on Romeo and Juliet. True. I talk of dreams, which are the children of an idle brain. Lady, is that which doth enrich the hand of yonder knight? Ah, uh, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? <laughs>